0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Uh, uh, this episode, we're continuing on with the American Revolution. So uh, we're going to entitle this one, Independence. When the Second Continental Congress met in the spring of 1775, most of the delegates supported reconciliation with the British. The increasing intensity over the conflict and the course throughout the year strengthened a desire for independence. Independence. The decisions made by by Parliament and the North Ministry to declare America in rebellion also led many to conclude that reconciliation was almost impossible. Despite their professional loyalty to the king, the delegates of the Continental Congress and the officers of the Continental Army were identified as traitors to the king, and their prospects in the event of a reconciliation with British would have been bleak. Despite these developments, the Congress refrained from declaring independence at the beginning of 1776. Popular opinion in the 13 colonies was split. When the war began, around a third of the American people were patriots who supported the revolutionary cause. Another third were loyalists who identified themselves with their British colonial masters. The remaining third were moderates who did not have any strong political opinions and were primarily concerned about their personal interest. At the beginning of the war, this group formed reconciliation with the British and in the preservation of the existing order. But over the course of time, they recognized the increasingly, increasing brutality of British troops and understood that the British were seeking retribution on America. On America is the, 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 the slogan here. The cause of independence was effectively advanced in the court of public opinion by the publication of Common Sense by Thomas Paine, an Englishman who had only been in America for a little more than a year. Paine was not a natural spokesman for the cause of American independence. After repeated failures in several trades in England, Paine crossed the Atlantic on the recommendation of Benjamin Franklin in late 1774 and soon found himself writing press articles in Pennsylvania newspapers. In Common Sense, a political pamphlet published in January of 1776, Paine attacked the British Constitution for being a vehicle of tyranny. He argued that the institution of monarchy contrived both natural rights and Christian teachings. In the memorable passage criticizing the principle of heredity succession, that governed most European politics of the time. Paine remarked that nature disapproves of it, otherwise she would not so frequently turn it into ridicule by giving mankind an ass for a lion. Based on these precepts, the Americans should not be aiming to restore whatever ancient liberties they enjoyed under the British Constitution but they should declare independence and establish a polity based on natural rights. Some of these arguments have been expressed in earlier debates, but no one expressed it with more of the elegance and the wit of Thomas Paine. Within a few months, more than 100,000 copies of Common Sense appeared across the colonies. Through his writings, Paine promoted the quest of independence to the top of the political agenda. Common sense emboldened the advocates for independence in the Continental Congress. Independence would not only galvanize the Continental Army behind the great cause, but would also enable Americans to enter alliances with foreign states. By April, colonial legislatures across the 13 colonies authorized their delegates at Congress to seek a confederation which would bring with them and together and break off relations with the British crown. The most radical independent delegates included some cousins of Samuel and John Adams from Massachusetts and the brother of Francis Lee and Richard Henry of Virginia. On June 6, 1776, Richard Henry Lee presented a resolution which proposed the dissolution of relations between the United Colonies and the British crown. The resolution also proposed that Congress seek measures to secure foreign assistance to and from a confederation between the colonies. When the proposal was debated by Congress, New England and Virginia were in favor of independence. While the middle colonies indicated that the time was not ripe, ripe, although they would support independence once the people demanded it, Congress opted to postpone discussions to July 1st, and appointed committees to consider the proposals for independence, foreign alliances, and a confederation. A five-man committee asked for preparing a declaration of independence, including Benjamin Franklin and John Adams. But the document was mainly drafted by the 33-year-old Thomas Jefferson, a Virginia gentleman. Jefferson was related through his mother's side to the Randolph family, one of the most prominent families in Virginia. His mother's cousin, Peyton Randolph, served as the only president of the Continental Congress before his death in October of 1775. As a young man, Jefferson proved to be an excellent student with a particular affinity for Greek and Latin. He graduated from William and Mary College in 1762 before embarking on a career as a lawyer. In 1769, he was elected to the House of Burgesses. In 1774, Jefferson authorized a summary view of the rights of the British America in response to the Intolerable Acts. He argued that the people of America had the right to govern themselves and what the 13 colonies were independent from Britain since ruling the foundation of the individual colonies. Jefferson's track was debated by the First Continental Congress, and he himself was elected to the Second Continental Congress of May 1775. Jefferson completed his draft of the Declaration of Independence on June 28th, and the document was slightly amended by Adams and Franklin. On July 1st, the Congress voted on the issue of independence. Nine colonies voted in favor. Pennsylvania and South Carolina voted against. Delaware's delegation was split, and New Jersey and New York was not yet authorized by its council legislature to vote on the question. The following day, Congress held another vote in which Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Delaware voted in favor of independence. And only New York remaining uncommitted following the landmark vote, John Adams wrote July 2nd, (coughs) would be recognized by future generations as the day the Americans broke free from the British Empire. In fact, the Declaration of Independence would not be passed until July 4th after it was analyzed line by line and approved by many amendments which toned down some of Jefferson's radical denunciations. It was this day, the British, the 4th of July, which would be celebrated as Independence Day in the United States of America. In its introduction, the Declaration of Independence established the 13 colonies as the United States of America. In his famous preamble, Jefferson stated the creed of his new nation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain and unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Although the equality of men was certainly a revolutionary doctrine for the time, both women and slaves were not included in Je- Jefferson's phrasing. The preamble continues to demonstrate that revolution is permissible when a tyrannical government harms the people's nat- national, natural and God-given rights. Much of the document is dedicated to outlining a list of King George's tyrannical injustices, including the suppression of colonial legislator bodies, <clears throat> imposing taxation without Consent, and the use of armed forces in America, such industries, <clears throat> injustices made the king's outfit to be the ruler of the free people, an argument that was inspired by the liberal philosopher John Locke's concept of a so- social contact with, between the monarch and his subjects. A tyrannical monarch was said to have been uh, had the social contact and thus became deprived of political legitimacy. The declaration continues with a denunciation of the British government in its insistence to impose parliamentary authority for the 13 colonies, before concluding with a statement declaring the 13 colonies were free and independent states, absolved from the allegiance of, to the British crown, and therefore had the authority to make war and peace and regulate commerce in the fashion of other independent states. The declaration was signed by 56 men, although some of them were not present on July 4th, and added their signatures on later dates, when New York's delegates were finally authorized to vote in favor of the independence. The publication of the Declaration of Independence on July 7th had the galvanizing effect on both the people and the army of the newly established United States of America. Printing presses worked increasingly to distribute copies of the document across the, country, the, the counties. Spontaneous celebrations broke out on July 6, when the Continental Army first learned of the decisive vote in favor of the, in favor of the independence four days earlier. On July 9th, Washington gave orders for the de- declaration to be read aloud to ranks of soldiers gathered on the parade grounds. Not only did the Jefferson's words stir the hearts of the rank and file who were convinced of this righteousness of their own cause, but in declaring independence, the Continental Congress had committed treason against their king. The price of defeat and surrender would be so great that there could be no turning back in their dedication to their cause. Washington's army was no longer fighting for their rights as Englishmen, but for a few. But for for a new nation founded on the principles of liberty and equality. After the formal readings of July 9th, the soldiers and town people expressed their enthusiasm by pulling down an, an equestrian statue of George III. Then they backed off that lapped off the head and placed it on a spike. Not all people supported independence, but those who rejected it found themselves in a diminishing minority. Once the Americans had declared independence from Britain, they had to prove they could function effectively as an independent entity. The United States of America was a political experiment, and it was by no means certain that the experiment would succeed. The United States was a union of, of 13, 13 states and needed a central political authority. As British colonies, relationships between states were defined by, the, by a sense of mutual mistrust, especially when territorial claims overlapped. The struggle with Britain enabled the Americans to discover that they had more in common than they initially thought, but differences in the socioeconomic character of the states contributed to political differences. Even when delegates in Congress came to agreement on measures such as the boycott of the British trade in 1774, these measures would have to be implemented by local and colonial authorities. The task of drafting a plan of union was entrusted to John Dickinson, who chaired the Congressional Committee looking into the question? A delegate from Pennsylvania, Dickinson, who opposed declaring independence before such a union could be established, believing it would risk conflict between the colonies. The Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union drafted by Dickinson aimed to balance the interests of individual states with the need for high level cooperation to support the war against the British. The main part of the document consisted of 13 articles asserting the sovereignty of these states and detailing their obligations to the Union. Each state, depending on population, would choose two to seven delegates for the Congress of the Confederation. But each state would have one vote and therefore each state, big or small, would be given an equal voice. Any decision needed nine votes to agree and any change in the articles needed all states to agree. The head of the state would be a president who was limited to serving one year in each of the three-year congressional terms. Most of the powers of Congress were laid out in Article 9 of the document. Among the powers accorded to Congress was the right to make war and the peace and enter diplomatic agreements. This was set to weights and measures and to regulate post and armed forces. The Congress could not tax or draft people into the military, but would determine how much each state had to send to the common treasury and how many men each state was obliged to send to the Continental Army. Dickinson's plan was presented to the Continental Congress on July 12th, but the subject of a a union between the states was so contentious the Congress would continue to debate the issue for more than a year. These debates evolved around three key issues, division of powers between states and the Confederation, representation of states in Congress, and contributions of the states to the Union. Moreover, claims of the Western lands were made by several states who hoped to expand their own territories and further their economic interest. Maryland was keen to ensure that all states would cede their claims to the Western Territories of the Union and resisted ratification even through the 12 other states had done so by February of 1779. Maryland eventually ratified the Articles in February of 1781 and in March they were uh, proclaimed as the law by the United States. Even before the ratification of the document by all the states, the Articles of Confederation served as the framework for cooperation between the individual states. The Second Continental Congress continued to meet in order to coordinate the war effort. Despite political differences between the states, the support of Congress was necessary for Washington to continue fighting the war since the Continental Army was fighting for its survival. So this is uh, finishing up the episode for today, the American Revolution. Uh, Independence, this is Greg Perry, the Historic Preservation signing up. Thank you for listening.